Hi, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Bron. Bron is a little baby piggy. And Charlotte is an anorexic duck. And this is the podcast where we watch great Australian films. And try to learn as much as we can about what makes those films beloved. Welcome to At At The The Movies Movies with Charlotte and Bron. with a cup of hot chocolate oh sipping it but i do think a crackling fire is really appropriate for this one it's a cozy film and it's a cozy episode yeah we're crazy we're crazy (laughs) like that (laughs) this is our loosest one yet but i like it yeah we are really i feel like listening back to this i'm like we didn't really we didn't watch this film to make a podcast how i read it is that we've really got comfort with our listeners Ooh, like yeah. you're a friend now you're really in yeah. with Welcome, us like come, yeah come, come closer like like get under that doona yeah, yeah get under the couch with us mm, nice <laughs> we want to we hear your thoughts what do you reckon oh my god animals. stop tickling me yeah it's like that <laughs> it's getting inappropriate we need I to like call it. him at the movies hr <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Weird. Just gonna notice it to move right on into the episode. <laughs> okay. <It's not. laughs> Bluey. <laughs> It never gets old. I we really think Bluey. that our theme song is should just be us badly singing the theme song from Bluey. It is confusing. It's certainly confusing. It's, confu- it's a confusing choice. Charming. A tribute Duh. to the Australian screen industry. Only if you do it and then say that. I think it does need describing. Okay, let's go. <laughs> Bluey, a tribute to the Australian screen industry. Perfect. But can I also say, you will. Here we're going to talk we're going to break the fourth wall. Oh. Bron and I are just completing a short film that we produced last year together our first project together mm-hmm. and the entire thing is finished like it's done it like we're so close it's cut it's graded the sound is done we've got the music like everything is done and all we need to do for it to be finished is just like put a, have a, a logo for Make our logo. production company <laughs> <laughs> like that's all that needs to happen that's it and I, th- that process has taken longer Well, we've been doing a lot of other processes, haven't we? It's hard to get that stuff done. I wonder if we can learn about that from watching great Australian films. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I reckon one great Australian film in particular will teach us that. (laughs) And I can't wait till we get to that episode. Who knows what it will be. Where we say, 
this is it. This is the one. Where <laughs> were you when we needed you? <laughs> Listeners, if you can think of a great Australian film that might teach us how to make a logo. Let us know. Well, the problem is we probably will need a logo before we put this out into the world. We might so. work faster with this. But the reason that I bring that up is because that's going to be the thing that stops us putting this podcast out. Nothing's going to stop us putting this podcast out, It's going to be the theme song. If We're going to be like, to... we can't put this out until the theme song is just I right. don't like your can-don't attitude. <laughs> I need you to turn that frown upside down. Here we are, Here we ready are. to speak about a beautiful... Beloved. Australian... This is a beloved Australian film. As I was thinking about it today, we've really done, like, capital A Australian films. Mm. Is this an American-Australian film? I was thinking about that today as well. Um, here's, I mean, this is where we, this, you're right. Like, I think that as this podcast continues, we'll have to start asking these difficult questions. Um, <laughs> Hard hitting questions. It's an Australian producer, an Australian director. The script uh, was written by an English writer. The book. The, the, Do you mean? Oh, yeah, no, I guess the book. That's true. The book was a, a British story. Mm. I think that if it's an if it's a largely Australian team and it's filmed in Australia, we can call it an Australian film. I think most people do call it an Australian film and let's do what most people do and yeah. claim it as our own. Yeah. Much like we did for a bit with Mel Gibson and then and decided then we were later, like, nah, probably not. We're good actually. <laughs> <laughs> He's from the other we one. We don't actually need the him. other place. Um yeah, it was it was produced at Produced and written by George Miller and Chris Noonan and directed by Chris Noonan, both Australian filmmakers. Nice. So it is a largely American cast because it's about – it's an American – I suppose they've said it in America, which is weird when the writer is – British. I think it's they haven't said it in America. I think they've said it in a nowhere land that is a mishmash of places mm. where there's some American accents and then there's some They're all I'm American. Sure. Oh, are they? I think so. And that but then it's like they're in a British countryside. Yeah, maybe it is. It's a nowhere place. It's just a magical it could be nowhere anywhere. place. In my mind, remembering watching this film as a kid and mm loving it they had australian accents i think um i don't think they're trying to make it be about americans i think they've just chosen american accents because that's the least jarring if it was australian Mm. accents you would be like well i suppose they were making a choice for a global audience and it worked it paid off note to us note to us have everyone speak in an American, American accent. accent. <laughs> the world will love it. <laughs> Have we said the name of the movie? Yet? No, it's Babe. It's Babe. We watched Babe and it was a delight. It was such a delight. We watched it together and we didn't make any notes. So this episode's going to be a real experiment. We're freeballing. We are freeballing. <laughs> and, and so, Bron, why don't you go ahead and give us a synopsis? <laughs> Babe, pig in the city. No, it's not babe, pig in it's the city. It's not babe, pig in the city. It's the first one. It's babe. It's just babe. OG. Now, how does babe begin? <laughs> um, Babe starts re- really dark. Yeah, and there's a lot of darkness in this movie it's a dark that film. I didn't remember. Um, It opens with, with like pigs in a factory Mm. or in a like Like kind of a farm, but obviously a farm for... Intensive farming. Yeah. And there's lots of little piglets squeaking around and the narrator is sort of explaining that um, 
the big pigs are going to go off to pig heaven and they never come back. And the, and all the other pigs are okay with that because they think they're going to pig heaven. We meet Babe, the runt of the litter, mm. who's getting picked up and taken somewhere. We're yet to find out. We don't know yet. And then we're kind of introduced to Hoggett Farm. Is that sort of... No, I'm pretty sure next we're at the fair. Oh, we don't get to see the farmers until they're at the fair. Yeah, because I think largely the film is from Babe's perspective. That's true, that's true. We don't often get to see things that Babe doesn't Doesn't get to see. see. We do sort of get to cut away every now and then. Remember when she um, faints? Yes, that's the exact (laughs) moment that I'm thinking of, actually. (laughs) But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, we love to. Um, Okay, so we're at a fair and again it's sort of like... I love how many fair characters there are. There's a Ferris wheel and there's like a big old chef walking around and like kids. <laughs> Very fast. And baby's in a box and he's part of a um, competition. People have to guess pick. his weight. Thank you. Guess the weight of the pig to win the pig. And the narrator the whole time sort of like telling us about the world. And then Farmer Hoggett comes and he's a gruff old farmer. He, I think... Far- farmer Hoggett played by um, James, James Cromwell. Cromwell. We watched some stuff afterwards that where he said he only had 16 lines in the film. Which, and he was going to turn it down. But it's true. He's a um, He does a lot of eye acting. Mm-hmm. And, and he... And, the film's not about him at all. Like, he's absolutely, like, the supporting actor in um, this film. Not to undermine the beautiful job that he did as no, Farmer Hoggett. No, I'm a stunning as, performance. As, as a career supporting actress, <laughs> I, I absolutely... No shame. No shame <laughs> on that. Yes, yes, yes. But he... But but I I think that what he said about why he decided to do the film is further evidence that it is an Australian film because he said it only had sixteen lines. It was weird, which I can understand reading that script and being like, so what? What is so this? Hang on, you want me to uh, what? <laughs> and who was the main character? And uh, his he was going to say no, and then his friend was like, oh, you're an idiot. Like, go and have a nice time in Australia, and if it bombs, it'll be the pig's fault and not yours, which. I mean, that makes it sound like it's an Australian film. It is. Even when James Cromwell was reading the script, the main thing about it was it's in Australia. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Um, So, and it's where they meet. They fall in love instantly. Mm -hmm. I meet cute. I meet cute. As he sort of like holds him aloft. A rom com? No. I would not. <laughs> it's funny how every film we've done so far is a rom-com. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're a rom-com. Thank you. put you in the rom-com aisle. Okay, <laughs> so we kind of get this sense that P- Babe is not an ordinary pig. He's this very special pig and he's destined to be with Farmer Hoggett from this beautiful f- fair moment. Yes. Farmer Hoggett wins Babe. Spoiler. Spoiler. Um, and, he, and then we're taken to the farm. And I would like to note that before Babe is popped into the barn at the farm, mm-hmm. we don't hear any animals talk. Yeah, it's all been sort of realism. Mm-hmm. And then that moment they introduce Babe talking with their technology that we watched a little documentary about. 
And it's pretty good it's, CGI. It is good. I was sort of tensing for the moment that it would be cringy. Mm. Um, being, you know, a huge fan of the film Baby Geniuses. Um, <laughs> if you've watched that recently, <laughs> as a kid, I was like, right on, Baby Geniuses. <laughs> and now you watch it and it makes you feel really seasick. <laughs> so weird. The way their mouths sort of move of their own accord. And I was a bit nervous that that would be the case but it's um, pretty good it's good and we were both sort of astounded you know if you're gonna make that choice to make the animals talk Mm -hmm. it was quite a sophisticated remains to be a sophisticated way to do it and yeah and I think that the way that they introduce them talking firstly the woman who does babe's voice is like Chucky from the Rugrats voice it's a cute cute voice her name is Christine Cavanaugh. Oh, you're so good. I know. Yes, Christine Cavanaugh. Yes. So good. <laughs> um, and it's a very cute voice. And all the all the voice performances are incredible. But I will also say that I kept saying all the animals' performances are incredible. You were exclaiming greatly about the animals' performances. Charlotte, you do voice acting. I do. Would you have – I mean – what can you say about the performances that were given in this film? Because heaps of it would have been voice acting more than acting. acting. I mean, it's... The, well, one thing that I did say as we were watching it was these are the good old days when mm. a film that relies largely on voice acting was hiring voice actors and not big... They're not hiring Chris Pratt to play Mario. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're looking for someone that whose main craft it is is to do this thing which I do think it's kind of a different skill it's particular acting and I feel like that it really did help make those animals feel truly real yes I believe they were acting yes real yes and I and I think I mean they they obviously did a little bit of CGI with the animals faces which Mm. is why I did keep saying (laughs) my gosh amazing performance because they're doing stuff with the the eyebrows eyebrows. yeah (laughs) the mum dog's giving a meaningful glance and very convincing (laughs) CGI which is why I was like how did they get that dog to do that actually can we go off track for a second of course because we also did watch a video of one of of the animal trainer We didn't just watch Babe, we watched Babe and then our own extended version of YouTube clips of Babe behind the scenes. Yes, we really went on a journey to see how much we could learn about the behind the scenes of Babe. It is the kind of film that makes you do that, Mm. which I think is a a credit to any film. I know that I enjoyed something when the minute that the credits start to roll, I want to be on like IMDb trivia. Mm -hmm. Like I want to learn everything about how it was made. And I feel like we both got that. Mm. When this film finished, we were like, oh my God, we have to. (laughs) How did they do it? I need to see some interviews. (laughs) (laughs) Even though obviously CGI has gotten so much more sophisticated Mm. since then. It just goes to show it, Good CGI isn't necessarily CGI that is flashy or, like, expansive. It's CGI that... Helps forward the story. Yeah, and and it incorporates so smoothly into the story that Mm. you're just in the movie the whole time and it's not until the end that you're like, wait, how did they do that? How'd they get those little puppies to talk to each other? talk so convincingly (laughs) to each other. And even though it's not that sophisticated for now, it it was a tool that was actually needed specifically for this film to be made. Mm. I think I read that previously it was the first film 
it was one of the first films where they didn't just use narration over a video of Of an an animal. animal. And also I think it won, I'm going to get this wrong because I don't know as much about awards as you. It won an important award. It beat Apollo 13 for special effects. Oh, well, it was, so it was nominated. An Academy Award? It was nominated for the Academy Award for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Supporting Actor for James Cromwell. Hey, hey. Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Art Direction, Best Film Editing, and yes, it won Best Visual Effects, 1996 Oscars. Sweet. Um, And it was... Apollo 13. I reckon you're right, but do you want me to double check it? No, I know I'm right. Okay, then. I just didn't remember the award. Who won that year? Let's see. Best Picture in 1996, Babe was beaten by Braveheart, starring good old Mel Mel Gibson. Gibson. Oh, Oh, he's haunting this episode. He's haunting us. (laughs) We really tried. We're trying hard not to make a podcast about Mel Gibson. But he does just keep popping up. He keeps popping up. That's strange. Yeah, we're going to have to address it eventually. foreboding. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... (laughs) happens next okay so babe's on the farm um and it is the best place in the world that's why i also think that babe is a rom-com is because it has that feeling of like the setting just makes you want to live in that world that rom why does that have to be a rom-com lots of genres of film have that name one harry potter not a rom-com i think no (laughs) (laughs) dear god um okay yes yeah the farm is magical giant double thumbs up to hoggett farm it's so beautiful it's so nice it does make me want to go live on a farm with a bunch of talking animals but what are they farming sheep the sheep 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 but they have one of every yeah they just like they maybe just want a bit of milk here or there a couple of eggs here or there and then they really specifically want babe to eat him on christmas day delicious yeah they particularly they just want to fatten him up Mm -hmm. because pigs are stupid that's right and they only eat stupid animals yes as we keep being told in the film um but oh there's a twister coming um so babe meets the other animals slowly he's first met he first meets the dogs who become who are kind of man's best friend fly Mm. the mum dog and her (laughs) litter of puppies um and we kind of start to get the hierarchy of the barn Mm. he's not meant to sleep in the barn but she takes pity on him and then we meet rex the mean dad Mm, dog who's like the alpha he's like oh i guess and he's kind of the boss of the farm of the animals animals. yeah he's like two i see Mm. he's running the bar mm-hmm, yeah mm. also again skipping around but i do i did love that all the animals uh call farmer hoggett boss mm. except the cat who lives inside <laughs> the house all the time who calls uh the wife his wife boss and him the boss's yes, husband the boss's husband and and we should note here that uh farmer hoggett's wife is played by the iconic and fabulous magda Savansky. our magda our magda 
who plays it, a grandmother. It has to be movie. noted that she is a grandma, but at the time of filming, she was a 34-year-old woman. And when you look at the interviews that she does for press for this film, she looks like a 37-year-old yeah. woman. <laughs> like, I don't understand how that casting happened. Firstly, how did she get a look in for this role? Oh, no. Like, I got to tell you, I definitely had experiences where I've been sitting in maybe this kitchen house. <laughs> Or maybe not. Like, there's been, I've had experiences where I've been sitting in waiting rooms for an audition for a character that I looked, I read in the script and thought, it's funny that they want to see me because it does seem like this character is a 60 something year old black woman. And then you go into the waiting room and you're surrounded by 60 something year old black women and you're like, why am I here? And I think it's funny the idea that maybe she had she that experience a and then she got it. I mean, she is beloved and phenomenal. Like, she's great in it, but it is funny to be like, the casting of that is a bit... It's well, bizarre. And yeah. again, yeah, she's so funny. And mm. I think she's flawless. It's a flawless performance. But I'm also like, if you were a 30. grandmother-aged Australian actress at the time <laughs> that had auditioned for that role and then Magda got it, you'd be I'm like, like, I'm sorry, what? What the hell? <laughs> and also, if I was Magda... And I got cast. I would be like, "What the what hell?" The hell? Yeah, maybe the film babe hates women. We can't tell. We don't know. We would never surmise. No. But... Yeah. Who are the women in Babe? It's a mother character. Magda casters. It does. Does Babe pass the Bechdel test? Um. Well, who are the females? The yeah. cat, the mum dog, the. Mrs. Hoggett and the daughter, but we don't know her name. No, so she, yeah. And she has lots of CWA friends, but we don't know their names. No, we don't know their names. I guess they do all talk to each other, but they don't, yeah, they don't all have names. So And they are talking about a man, babe. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Could we call babe a man? I'm not saying because he's a pig. I'm saying because he's a little baby boy. (laughs) (laughs) A gender fluid piglet. It's just a teeny tiny boy. <laughs> um, gosh. Okay. Where we at? <laughs> nah, that was a tangent. <laughs> a tangent. I mean, I don't think we can hit every no, scene of the film. They're fattening him up for they're Christmas. They're fattening him up for Christmas. There's lots of like farm hijinks, but really the push of the story is that um, Babe really like just is a, a sweet soul. He's getting along He's with everyone. He's a good boy. He's beloved al- amongst all the farm animals. And he kind of slowly ingratiates himself more and more into the farmer's eyes mm. until he's eventually able to go and join the um, do- the dogs, the sheepdog, out working in the field, which is kind of a coup. Yeah, because how does that happen? Oh, that's right. I mean, they're a great gonna, many things happen. They're going to eat him for Christmas and then last minute Farmer Hoggett is like, or we could wait and kill him later to win a prize at the next fair. But that was just because he was starting to yeah, see he's some sort of starting to like him. He loves the pig. And then on Christmas Day, some people, yes, some, mm. some criminals come and try to steal the sheep. This is right. And I then, was just trying to get us further along in the movie because there's I, still so much movie to go. I know, but I got excited okay. about this this one scene. <laughs> Did you just snort like it. a little piggy? I said I was. <laughs> <laughs> it's what it is on the label. I, I never lied. I'm a little piggy. I told you at the start. 
<laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, all right, fine. We can speed ahead. Yeah. <laughs> we don't I just need wanted to... to talk about the moment that Babe runs <laughs> back to the house and Farmer Hoggett looks out the window and sees Babe telling one of the dogs that the sheep are getting stolen. And then then the dog is like, woof, woof. And Farmer Hoggett is like, oh, God, what's happened? And when he finds out what happened, he's like, the pig told told my dog. I saw them talking through the fence. And that's the event where he's like, all right, you can come and learn how to be a sheep dog. That's it. I mean... It makes sense. Like with her, it's very efficient storytelling. Like, I think because so. I do think you watch it, and because you already think of the animals as people, you don't question that moment where you're like, "So hold on." <laughs> no, no, we did question that moment. We said, "Wait, so he's watching them talk through the." <laughs> okay, so he starts to um, join the sheepdog in the field. And where the sheep dogs are like, rough, rough, rough. We're so mean to the sheep. This is how you've got to be yeah, a sheep. Yeah, sheep dog. is stupid. Sheep is stupid, idiots. Yeah. Babe, in his polite ways, realizes that his way is with kindness, mm. and so he just asks the sheep politely to do things, and they and they're like graciously oh, obliged, and so he becomes of such an amazing sheep dog quote unquote <laughs> sorry what sound are you making for quotation marks <laughs> and for those listening at home Fran is doing the little quotation marks with her fingers that's right and she makes that sound just <laughs> that's for future you're always you're gonna remember now you'll know and i'll um, be using them a lot <laughs> and so thus thus begins this idea that like babe starts becoming more and more the like golden boy the golden boy Uh, simultaneously um rex the alpha dog getting pushed out a little and fly gets injured oh yeah and so babe really is the only sheep dog (laughs) around to perform the duties there's still sheep to be of sheep dog um and so farmer hoggett more and more relies on this dog and they just grow this a beautiful pig, this pig. pig oh my god even uh, it's happening to me i know it's a i mean that's why the plot's so believable <laughs> you forget you forget he's not a real sheep dog. he's not a real sheep dog he's just a little pig and then and then farmer hoggett decides to enter him into the ultimate for all sheep dog the sheep dog competition (laughs) (laughs) and babe's been told that it's a big deal it's a huge deal it's like the biggest deal if you're a sheepdog or something and (laughs) (laughs) and where you have to do intricate tricks with the sheep make the sheep go in funny directions so then this all happens (laughs) (laughs) you're so good at thank you so much i do have to do a shout out to my favorite scene in the film um the pig gets wind from the evil cat that actually he's just there to be eaten he like runs into the rain dramatically and he's a bit sounds like a rom-com to me oh my god And then it's Farmer, got all the beats of oh, rom-com. And then, and then what happens? Don't. There's no bashing. And then Farmer Hoggett goes and gets him, and he runs out to go and save him. The day before the big tournament, and he has to. And Babe's depressed, and he's not eating. And to try and like cheer him up and show that he cares about him, he's trying to like feed him with a little baby bottle, and he won't eat. And so 
He puts the bottle down and he starts dancing for Babe. Oh, it's so good. He does this sort of little like Highland shuffle. Um, and, and I have a question for you. Yes. Uh, how old were you when you watched this film? Well, when did it come out? 96. I probably, from the age yeah. of 6 to 10, I watched this movie quite a lot. And when did you start Irish dancing? Okay, that's a private piece of information <laughs> that you've just decided to share globally. <laughs> To our global audience. I did I can see the headlines tomorrow. (laughs) Bron Belcher, Irish danced as a child. I'm seeing like the spinning newspaper. Extra, extra, read all about it. (laughs) (laughs) Young Camberan girl goes to dance classes once a week. (laughs) Calls herself an Irish dancer. (laughs) I jigged. I reeled. And what? When did you start? Doing yeah, I that? started in kindergarten, the age of six years old. So, so, I mean, so which which begot the other? It went. It probably exactly tandem. That's so beautiful. I mean, this movie didn't make me become an Irish dancer. That was you don't know that. I do. It was just because that's what was offered at my primary school. Oh. But it kind of hurt <laughs> to see some representation. No, representation matters, as we keep saying over we and over. Often say that. Actually, should we talk about the representation in this film? I, I was, don't know why I'm I said that. I'm getting to such the climax of talking about my favorite oh, scene. Sorry, sorry, and sorry, you... sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Wow, I don't think I've been this excited yet <laughs> when we've talked about a movie. Like, this is the first time I feel like my thoughts are scattered. I am like, babe, 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 babe. <laughs> I love this movie. But also, you made a giant chocolate bunny. Oh, I forgot yeah, about that. I reckon that. I, I did eat a lot high. of chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> There was a day on Mythic Quest. Have I told you this story? I don't know. There was a day on Mythic Quest where we filmed a little later than usual, which we, we're pretty lucky on that show. Like we pretty much always wrap in time for dinner. And this particular day, for some reason, we went a little longer than usual. And I decided to fuel myself by, oh, no, I was meant to be eating candy in the scene, oh, which is my own That happens a lot in fault. that show. <laughs> but I was like, I think I'd be funny if she's eating candy all the time. And then I have to eat candy all the time. But I, it was taffy, which is really hard to see. Oh spit out because if you're yeah sucking on it it just gets in there like it's hard to i don't know what taffy is it's like it's like um toffee no it's actually not it's like a it's like chewing gum that you swallow and tastes good it's sweet and it's stretchy and you like Mm. bite into it and you can like pull it and get like a pull like a cheese pull out of it it's not. We've got stuff like that. Yeah. What is? What? What do we have? We, like red skin. Sometimes, if you've been sucking on it long enough, you can get a good pull. This is like soft and spongy. That really first bite. Oh. It pulls. Yeah, we don't have that. No, I don't think so. Anyway, I just got so. I was an absolute sugar mess, and I in it. <laughs> I was a real liability <laughs> at my place of work. I could not calm myself down. <laughs> I couldn't get through a scene. Like I was just laughing. I could not add anything. Uh, everybody around me was clearly really upset with me, other than Danny Pudi, who for some reason loved very it. Funny, loved it. <laughs> and everyone else was like, "We want to go home." And I was like, "I'm sorry, I've eaten all this taffy, and I got to keep eating it." <laughs> anyway, it's your favorite. Getting worse. Yeah, it just keeps getting worse as I stretch it. <laughs> Um, my favorite scene is him shuffling around to this mu- to this song that is playing that is kind of emotive throughout the movie. Megan Daly, 
sang I woke up this morning and sang that song to myself that's a beautiful way to start I the day. love that song it's a great song and what is it Golden and true. Are we just going to keep singing it yeah. until I find what it's called? Oh. What is it? Here we go. The musical score was composed by Nigel Westlake, who's mm-hmm. a, a very re- a renowned Australian composer, okay. and performed by the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra. <gasps> so. It's an Australian film. I would say it's an Australian film. <laughs> I love and that you keep, through the course of this podcast, you're going to keep proving to me that it's an Australian, it's an Australian film. film. And the uh, song, the theme mm. song is called If I Had Words. It's a 1977 song sung by Scott Fitzgerald as a duet with Yvonne Keeley. Oh, Was it for this movie? And, no, 1977 and oh, 1978, it reached number three on the Australian charts. I love it. And I wonder, no, he was Scottish, Scott Fitzgerald, yeah. which we should have known. It wasn't you an Australian guessed. singer. Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald. Scott. I mean, it's in the title. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the label. He's telling you. Um, uh, he does a beautiful jump in the air. Oh, it's so nice. Like, it's just a really triumphant moment. And then, anyway, the moral it's a, it's of the a, story. It is, a, it is a cinematic scene. Yes. James Cromwell earns his nomination yeah. in that moment nominated for an oscar i feel like we kind of actually skimmed past yeah think that. Ab- think about that think about that james cromwell it was a great dance you nearly it? said no because he didn't have enough lines and then you do you think that that performance is oscar worthy yes <laughs> explain yourself <laughs> i am this scene is iconic <laughs> <laughs> you're right and and you know yeah it is it's a beautiful performance and a memorable performance that's right and then Babe eats. <sighs> what did you say? He eats. Babe eats. And then Babe <laughs> eats. <laughs> um, okay, rolling right along. We're getting to the climax of the film, which is the tournament. Of course. Everyone, well, the farmer's like, everyone's going to think I'm crazy. Um, but he doesn't seem that worried, does he? They do kind of, for, I mean, he doesn't give us much facially, but the narrator is sort of giving us an internal look into him questioning what he's doing. Can we get a little personal for a moment? Please. Farmer Hoggett has the attitude that I want to have in life. Yes. He's an admirable character. Like, he really, he responds to what's going on around him. And he really, you know, we were talking about this the other day. He really has that attitude of like, (laughs) it's not that serious. Like, it's not that deep. He's like, yeah. I love this pig and I think it's real smart and, like, I'm just going to enter it into a competition. But do you have you met many farmers? I guess no. I kind of think um, – I've only met a few just to put out there. I don't know, heap of farmers. <laughs> but I do think it tracks with sort of being a person, a solitary person who mm. can follow their own – um, projects and whims and do as mm. they please kind of manage their own property <laughs> don't have to run anything by anyone so if you're like yeah I'm gonna train this dog to be a, uh, this pig to be a sheep dog and you have months and no one interferes you you're get pretty do far it. down the line yeah. and then at a certain point you're like All right, I'm doing like it. I'm gonna in- enter this into a competition now yeah you're right he is a bit like it does it, no, it doesn't matter that much but also he's a man who does what he wants yeah yeah He's and he gets, a, he gets some intuition on something and he's like, 
I'm not going to question it too much. I'm just going to see where that goes. Yeah. <laughs> also, his animals are chatting up a stump. They're intelligent. There's a world going on around him that he barely even he, is a part yes. of. That's why he's a supporting actor. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. Uh, so we get we are Mrs. on the way Hoggett's to the way. She's gone away on a trip with her lady pals, which um, makes for such a great parallel comedy. Um, Sorry, I'm drinking water and I'm trying to lean away from the microphone. You're really funny. So that you're not you're not hearing me just gulp and gulp. I'm drinking a lot. I just realized I'm really thirsty. She's sugar high. Oh my god, your child. I'm so sorry, and I knew that I was gonna be like this when I was eating that chocolate bunny. I kind of like it. I was like, oh, if I keep eating this, I'm gonna be absolute. I'm gonna my work is gonna be unusable on this podcast record, and I just kept eating it. Gulp, 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 gulp. <laughs> um, detention. It's appropriate. I think me being sugar high on a chocolate bunny is appropriate for the film, babe. Oh, I'm glad. Childlike wonder. It's that's a beautiful pairing. Yes. <laughs> I was probably also sugar high when I was watching it as a child. Exactly. So it's transporting me. Yes. Thank you. Thank no, you for saying. Of course. <laughs> Um, there's a moment there where he's the laughing stock. He comes out with a pig, and everyone's like, "What? That guy's crazy!" We also have the issue of all the work that Babe has done on the farm has been so smooth, but then he gets to the competition and he's not friends with the sheep already, and they're not talking to him. And everyone's like, "Oh no, they're never gonna win now." And also, it should be noted that when Farmer Hoggett walks out with the pig, um. Farmer Hoggett's wife is watching from the motel and and upon seeing what her husband has done, <laughs> clean faints to the ground. She clean She clean faints. The some the cut twos of that scene, Magda is working she hard for the money. She's laughing, she's crying, she's trying to distract people, she's fainting, she's given it everything. Why didn't she get a best supporting actress nomination? I wanna know. That's the big. That's the uh, tra- That that's the big. Um, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> that's the. Oh my! I think I think I have to just accept just that this is who I have become for this episode. I and like it. I hope everyone can forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know the dogs, the sheep dogs are helping Babe. They get the secret sheep password <laughs> which of course is baram you duh. obviously um you breed your fleece your clan you be think... true sheep be true yeah wait say it all again no <laughs> <laughs> do you do all of the animals have a password that's Just what i was about to say and what's it usually for do you think Maybe if you go visiting other sheep, it's a way of being like, I am a sheep. I'm a sheep. Don't, don't buy it. <laughs> but, or like maybe they were having issues with sh- wolves in sheep's clothing at the time. Oh my God. Mm. Mm. The gritty prequel <laughs> to Babe. Is that the Australian film we should make? It's about all the wolves in sheep's she clothing. And, then and they, why they had to make up the password. the password. And so, I mean, there's a story there. Oh my gosh. We could do it. Yeah, okay. We or- have the technology. Origin story. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and the movie's called Sheep Be True. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it's and it's dark. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's like, terrifying. Yeah, we're going for the Oscar. <laughs> we're not gonna be losing to some Mel Gibson piece of trash. You be careful. <laughs> you be careful. Mel loves podcasts, so just <laughs> I don't think he's gonna like ours. Let us know, Mel. <laughs> Mel, where's no, I'm not sorry. <laughs> she's not. She's She's eating just too much. I don't. I don't care. Listen, I. I okay, go on this rant. Yeah, follow my, this thought. This yeah, is a good idea. My, this is. Imagine if I get cancelled for going yeah, on a rant about how I think anti-Semitism is bad. <laughs> that isn't what you said, though. No, but that's what I was about to say. <laughs> I was going to say I refuse to apologize to a man. <laughs> Oh, God. Okay. I wonder if this will stay in. Like, probably. <laughs> I'll edit, and it will. Because <laughs> I think I'm coming off great. <laughs> well, you're not thinking, you're, what? So you, what, you won't support me? In... I think supporting you to be exhibited in your full <laughs> complexity is supporting you, and you're welcome. <laughs> so, anyway, they Ooh. get the sheep password. They get it to babe. Right at the last moment, he goes out. He... To a silent watching audience, he beautifully makes the sheep move and do the things that you have to make them do to win a tournament. And then the he crowd wins. goes the crowd. wild. And I will say, okay, let's go back to the reason that we do this podcast. Please. <laughs> I love a quiet climax. Ooh. It's filmically speaking, of that course. That sounded rude. <laughs> <laughs> Don't speak. (laughs) (laughs) But don't you think it's so hard to pull off? Yeah. Like that is the climactic moment of the movie and And it's it's just just almost silent. Because I guess... No music. Yeah. There's a lot of sweeping beautiful music in this. There's a lot of like barnyard, circus, Mm -hmm. zoo type movement in this film. There's a lot of, yeah, running around. And there's a lot of like... cute kids like like the mice singing and stuff and then you're right they just the sight you can kind of you're holding your breath with the crowd as this scene Mm. happens it's such a great use of space and silence Mm. and that's why they got nominated for best picture i wonder if that's what it's like at a real sheepdog tournament and should we go to one Ooh, we should have gone to one in preparation for this. I'd actually love to. We watched the movie just not that long ago. I don't know when we would have gone for a sheepdog <laughs> If we were really committed right. to bringing the people, like, wide-reaching information about the Australian film Drop industry. Drop everything. We would Find have done a sheepdog tournament. Yeah. I don't know if autumn would be the time. I'll do. I'll research. I know you will. Yeah, I'll look it up. Also, maybe they would be quiet because you don't want to distract the dog, I guess. Yeah, but maybe that's what it shows. The dog has to be trained for all kinds mm. of distractions. That shows a great dog. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> the sheep trot magnificently into the winning bit. Then they win. And then we get the the most iconic, wonderful line of the film where he looks down, the sun shining, and he says, That'll do, pig. <laughs> and that's I don't know. Thank ring. you. I think whatever happens after that is just them all living happily ever after. It just ends. Does it? Yeah. They don't even go back to the farm. Huh. That's it. They end on the... That will do. On the sheepdog tournament. That's why it's such an iconic... Yeah, Because what right. else do you need? Um, Like a happily ever after the pig never gets eaten and he goes back to the farm and... Well, maybe that's why they don't show us what happens Or maybe next. that's why they like, make babe. Thank you pig for... Pig in the city. Yeah. <laughs> 
Thank you. Oh, yeah. So what happens in Bay Pig in the City? I don't think I've I don't ever know. seen I've it. I've never seen it. I assume he goes Maybe to the Maybe we do smoke. a bonus episode. Is, do you think the Sydney city is Sydney? Let's find out. No, spoiler. I don't think it's a spoiler. Let's save it for when we watch it. Okay, all right. We'll save it. Jeez. We should do, do, do bits. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I bet it's... Um, Can't say Sydney. Chicago. Oh, you think it's America? They're all American. Oh, you're right. I'm so sorry. I think New York. Yeah, it's got to be New York. I'm sorry. I can't wait. I have to see. Bay Pig in the City. Where does he go? Because I I guess he must go for another sheep. He just goes to Detroit. Um, And... Oh, do you want to hear the... um, Oh my gosh. Okay, read what you're saying. <laughs> do you want to read this? Do you want to hear the synopsis? If it's just a short one. Yeah, yeah. We're running not, out of not time one of your, one. Not one of your synopsis. <laughs> this is what Google's saying. Even though Babe wins a shepherding contest, oh. farmer Arthur Hoggett, that's his first name, Arthur, mm. refuses to make money using his pig's talents. Why? Because ba- he's happy. He's content. Babe and Mrs. Hoggett head to the city in order to raise funds to repay the bank loan. What bank loan? I don't know. I didn't know they're in debt. That gives the whole movie and, a dark and undertone. And that one is the is co-written, produced, and directed by George Miller. And Magda has much more of a starring role. It sounds like. Um, it seems like, and then it also is a who's who of Australian. I uh, see. We've got. We have to do it. Hugo oh, Weaving's always, in it. We're definitely going to do it. Um, well, we'll definitely be doing do it. it. Okay, so what is this? What is the? Um, where do they go? Maybe again, it's saying it's nameless, similar to where we've just been. At the city of Metropolis's airport. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Vague city zone. And yeah, I guess it is Magda. It's Magda's film. Oh, I'm excited Ooh. to watch that. It's a great movie. I wonder what it is like if you didn't grow up watching it because I obviously have a huge amount of love for this film because I was immediately transported. The opening credits with all the sort of pig paraphernalia on the wall, I was oh, like, so "Whoa, I'm six And again. the little, the little mice, the squeaking mice. And you know why they have the little mice? Why? Is because they wanted to use that um, chapter. Um, tool, the chapters in between. I don't. I'm just absolutely giving up on having any kind of vocab because it was an adaptation from a book. They wanted, they wanted to, keep to have the, the chapters. chapters. Yes, and um, then realized that a lot of the children watching the movie couldn't read yet. Oh, so they, they added the mice in to read the chapter titles. Clever. That is cute, and a and a nice um, piece. And I do think it is a family film, but it. But kids loved it. Kids it wasn't loved too it. dark for me. No. Though watching as an adult, I was like, this, this is, is hectic. We're constantly being reminded that these animals are being bred to be killed. killed. And it's pretty harsh. Like all the animals are like, this is just the way of life, kid. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and also like the the character of Rex is a gritty one. Yeah, like, he they, mean. He's really like, he's like the dog that's had his heyday. He was in a terrible accident and lost his hearing. And now he's like an angry, bitter old man. Dog man. Yeah. yeah. Um, also flies babies get given away yeah and she's so, so sad, sad about it and that scene made me want to cry mm, mm. 
what I was going to say though was, um, it it I think that you could watch it not having loved it as a child and think it was great because it got nominated for an you're Oscar right, the right. year that it stands up. Which I don't I don't know how much Oscars really mean about how good a movie is, but I do think that when a kids film gets nominated for an mm. Oscar, it's because it was beloved by adults as well, right? Yes. Well, yeah, there was enough in it. As adults, it wasn't, it didn't play dumb. No. In any way. We obviously wanted more at the end of it because we, you know. We kept going. We kept going. We've got to the end of the synopsis. Yeah. Um, And because we didn't make any notes. No, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) We've said everything we need to say. Usually... Charlotte, you asked me what my favorite line in the film is. Oh yeah, but which that's I think such I've already easy. I've, I performed it already, and so perfectly. Um, uh, and I don't know if I can remember. I sure, I did see this. Where I needed to make notes because I I'm sure that one of my favorite lines would have been from the anorexic duck. Oh, Ferdinand. Yeah. Um. Yes. A shout out to that great ca- cameo. To that character. Yeah. Ferdinand, who was just always really worried he was going to get eaten. Yeah. <laughs> a moment of silence. Yeah, a moment of Ferdinand's silence. Ferdinand's mental health. <laughs> Living in terror. Hey, to be clear, he lives and he's fine. But he's he very anxious. Oh, he's so anxious. Mm. Well, you know, it's a harsh world. <laughs> um. Yes, is there, any, is there anything else that you want to talk about before I ask the big question? <laughs> no, I think this is a good place to to land a big question. Here's my question for you, Bron. Mm. What did you learn about filmmaking from mm. Babe? I think there's a lot of elements to take, especially when thinking about making a children's movie mm. that I just was trying to sponge up in terms of keeping these little jewel moments of like that every time the mice came on it it was just a tiny little jewel of joy that that they weren't really there to further the story but they were just kind of like cute characters that yes. existed on the farm um jewels of joy I jewels think, of joy is a really great thing to have joy. in a kids film yeah yes and I think the tension it was in I think there's something to learn about like the stakes of a kid's movie, like not being scared to have the stakes be really, mm. feel really kids real. Kids can handle it. They want it. Yeah. <laughs> it makes you feel alive. Um, what else? I think we touched on it before, but I was thinking about it early. It was about that, not that overuse of technology, but how when it works really well, it's mm. so seamless and so satisfying. One thing we didn't really talk about is that we talked about when we were watching it was the lighting choices as oh, well, yeah. which I'm not sure if we really understood. It was, it's a quite a dark film a lot of the time, as in like, literally dark. Yeah. And, and shot from really strange angles, almost like you're always peeking into the barn or you're peeking mm. through the window, or you're under the table. Like there's not a lot of like clear shots. And I think that that kind of helps with the, fa- with the suspending your disbelief with the animals talking. Yes. We were saying at the time it was sort of, I mean, we were, we said it when a lot of the um, human characters were sort of backlit and you couldn't actually mm. see their faces. Um, partly because, yeah, they're maybe not the key characters, but also because we were like, so when the animals are partially in darkness, maybe it's not weird <laughs> it's not <as> nervous at all. <laughs> to kind of cover some of this EGI. 
<laughs> what did you learn, Charlotte? What did I learn? I learned not to eat a whole chocolate bunny before no, we from tried the it. film. <laughs> um, I, 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 okay. Do you want to think about it for a minute? Usually I have an answer right off the bat. I know. I'm really unraveling. <laughs> uh, so firstly, I learned something as an actor, which mm. is that even if you are sent a script with only 16 lines that looks like it's going to be really weird, there's a chance Go you could get nominated it. for an Oscar. Yeah. If it means going to a fun new destination, mm-hmm. maybe you should give it a shot. Mm. And the other thing that I learned as a filmmaker um, is, well, nothing. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Are you using no, I don't silence think I to build I tension there? Yes. That's what I learned. <laughs> I I don't have anything to add to what you said. Is this just completely unusable? I think it's great. <laughs> I think it's great. The final thing we learned is that um, animal training looks ridiculous. Yes. If you are not driving, listening to this podcast, mm. do yourself a favor. And once we say goodbye, jump on YouTube and Google like babe animal training and just have a look at what comes up because it is not what you think you think it's going to be. <laughs> it's really just not at all what I picture when I think of a professional <laughs> animal trainer. <laughs> it, it made us giggle and we watched it a lot of times. We watched it on loop. Um, so there's a treat. That's a little treat for you. Just for you. A jewel of joy we'd love to give to you, our oh. listeners. Our jewels of joy. Oh. I wonder if anyone will listen to this podcast. My mum will. She's already <laughs> she's already nagging me for it. You Actually, know, we should speak in the in the present tense as though we're recording week to week. My mum. I wonder does. if anyone <laughs> listens to this podcast. You know who I hope listens to this podcast? Mel Gibson. Remedy Kombucha. Remedy Kombucha. Now, listen, we don't have any sponsors, but sometimes we just like to talk about products that we like in the hope that maybe they will sponsor us. And there's if there's one product that I can tell you I feel okay about, but my husband is obsessed with, it's Remedy Kombucha. Watch out, Remedy Kombucha. You've really got a target on your back. My kombucha. <laughs> We're coming for you. <laughs> I love doing this podcast with you, oh, Bronwyn and Belcher. Doing it with you, Charlotte Nickdale. Well done. Well done. And we'll see you all next week for Babe Big in the City. We, I don't no. know what we're going to do next. Probably not that. <laughs> 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 <laughs>